já viu rico namorar pobre? Welcome to Say La Tea. I am your hostess with the mostess, the girl with the twirl, and that is Amanda Elizabeth Young coming at you live through your airwaves um, this morning. Oh, wait. Yeah, this morning. Normally we record at night, but it's the morning. Surprise. This morning I have with me my two fabulous co-hosts, the ever popular Shane Howell. Good morning. I've got my coffee and I wish it was actually Friday for us recording because then I could be listening to Montero, the album from Lil Nas X. It's out now if you're listening to this podcast. And then we have everyone's favorite auntie, Sherry Thompson. I love that intro. That is me. Wow. Wow. In a nutshell. Wow. Thank you so much. I, I just love to be here. Sherry's giving me Oscar speech. She was prepared. <laughs> that is everyone's Oscar speech. And I would like to thank God for just, and my manager, no one for helping me get here, which is nowhere. Wow. <laughs> no, you know what everybody's Oscar speech is? Everybody's Oscar speech is they go up there to the stage and they go, oh my God, I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't, wow. like, what do you mean? You didn't have a fucking speech prepared. You were nominated. Like, <laughs> I didn't prepare anything. First of all, my speech has been prepared since I was eight years old. It gets revised Truly. every single Oscar year. But just know, right. I'd be talking to my fucking walls in my shower, giving my Oscar speech. So I know that shit right. off the dome. If someone There's, asked me to recite it right now, I'd probably be able to. Recite it's it right prepared. now. Recite it. There's no time for this. This is for another day. Um, <laughs> oh, I will for remember. Another, another day, another time. We'll, we'll Maybe when we talk about the Oscars. With the music. Yes, exactly. Oh. No, for sure. Um, Interesting. Okay, well, cool. Um, let's just dive right in with our recommendations for this week. Um, Shane, I'll let you start first because I feel like you're our Media Monday guy. So what you got for us? Fuck yeah. All right. So this Media Monday, we uh, were showcasing Casey Musgraves' new album, Starcrossed. Um, and also in conjunction with that, the film that she released for it, it is stellar. It's so good. It's so like relatable. Like everything about it is like all these people, anyone attracted to men, all dealing with the same exact shit. Like we've all been there. We all know what it's like. Casey Musgraves hits it with the nail on the head. It's good as fuck. Everybody give it a listen. I love Casey Musgraves. She's amazing at making albums and not so great at her um, Met Gala red carpet looks. But other than that, I'm here for her. Just a spoiler. She literally said her and her stylist, the theme for their outfit was horse girl. Stop it. I want you to stop. That's not an inspiration for your Met Gala look. It just can't be. If it's not, if it's not ketamine, I don't want it. Sherry. Shane, what's your you're going to log off with that? Like <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Let's let me go into my media recommendation. Cause I have to leave that one alone. Okay. So I have two. I, of course I've been raking through Netflix watching documentaries and I just really enjoyed night stalker and the sons of Sam. Oh, uh, 
I am, I have the chills thinking about how people are still alive from the seventies and eighties. Cause first of all, what the fuck was going on? Second of all, no one was closing their doors. Third of all, everyone was either in a cult or I don't know, just high somewhere and in a cult, I guess in a cult is the through line. But if you are watching those, you see how, cult culture really influenced um, American culture in the 70s and 80s. What Amanda called it was satanic panic and how that affected just everything down to how my grandmother thought that Harry Potter was evil because it had some witch elements. Like everyone was scared of that. So I say that to say, watch it because I didn't realize how much that is sewn and ingrained into our culture and these serial killers really ran with it. Um, And yeah, just amazing to see how that ties in. Love a good crime documentary and how we came to where we are today. It's funny because we see the effects of satanic panic like even all the way through the 90s, like with Columbine, the two Columbine perpetrators were both like into some like shady dark arts or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. I feel like we still low-key see it today where everyone's like accusing celebrities of being in the Illuminati, like all this weird shit. We have this like weird fascination with the occult and like the dark side of religion that I think is very interesting. And someone needs to unpack that because I don't know where it comes from, but we're oddly fascinated as a people. Um, but I will say Richard Ramirez, one of the, he's dead now. He died of lymphoma in 2013. The way night stalker frames him is perfect because his picture to this day is one of the scariest things I have ever seen in my life. He is, that is what evil looks like. Complete. I, Oh, it's something with something about people. My mom's a dentist. I say this all the time. People whose teeth. Surprise. People (laughs) whose teeth. He used to drink Coca-Cola and eat Captain Crunch for breakfast. Never brushed his teeth. That's scary to me alone. I would have no, I would have stayed away from him in elementary school. <laughs> it's the Coca Cola oh and the <laughs> Captain Crunch. It's terrible. Together as milk. No. <laughs> wait. He, no. Wait. What? That's what you mean? You mean he, he would put I the think, Coke in the cereal? I don't know, but he's a serial killer. He might have serial killer. He, no pun intended. Uh. Yeah. Oh! with that coke mama oh. that pun was not intended but that was great wow that's that's the scary part about it it's in the little things the little things that he would do yes it just really the way religion also ties into this wow gotta watch this goes back real quick to that little pun but like it just made me think about this funny story from when i was a kid back in pensacola pensacola paul there was at one point this concerns that there might have been a serial killer at the time and this journalist for the Pensacola News Journal was fired because of his article because it was making too much humor out of the situation because the headline was potential serial killer on the loose better hide the Cheerios and everybody said this is like <laughs> after Ted Bundy passed through I'm dying <laughs> 
Like, come on now. <laughs> oh, so this is why you are the way you are? Because of Pensacola? Yeah, probably. I, that's why I make light of it, because I was exposed mm, to it in listen, the Pensacola well, news journal. We I can't take shit seriously in life. That would be me if I did this. Yeah. Um, okay, my media recommendation for this week is an oldie but a newie, which is always really fun. Um, the self-titled Aaliyah album was just released on all streaming platforms. And when I tell you the emotional response I had to listening to this album, you really don't realize how much of an influence Aaliyah's music had on just pop music to date and listening to this album that's now 20 years old with almost fresh ears was like such a surreal experience like you see how she's influenced artists like Janae Aiko and Kehlani and even Normani and it's just really wild how she was so ahead of her time and another thing that just like really makes me sad is the fact that you listen to it and she's only 21 years old and the album comes out I think a month or two before she had ultimately passed. And you just have to think about how much of her career was ahead of her and where she probably could have gone if she didn't tragically pass away. And honestly, I loved every single minute of listening to that album for what felt like the first time I literally started crying. And when the first chord of need a resolution started playing through my, my AirPods. I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like an eight year old girl listening to this album for the very first time. It was just incredible. Um, we were also kind of discussing this before the show as well and how the R Kelly documentary just really peppers listening to Elias album because she was like only 14 when that was happening no one knew or or no one wanted to know and she was only 21 but she lived a full life Uh, there was a lot that happened to her she didn't let it affect her spirit she kind of reminds me of selena in that way um and miss you the song miss you and how that was released posthumously is so eerie it's kind of like listening to dreaming of you um chills chills it's just crazy to think like what what kind of I mean with the the stamp that she's putting on the music industry even today like over 20 years later like I mean imagine what she'd be doing and like the kind of music that she'd be making right now like I mean ugh. she was I an know. angel it's really so sad she was my thing with Olia is I try not to let that whole R. Kelly situation overshadowed like her talent and how prolific she was as a pop icon and i think that's why her family waited so long to release the music because that was part of the conversation anytime that she was brought up was this whole situation with how she was married to r kelly when she was 15 and people didn't really look at her as the victim it was just more of a talking point so i don't know i mean it's all always going to be there, but I try to separate the two and just celebrate her for the artist that she was, because I mean, what a tragedy life taken way too soon. But if you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it. And guess what? My girl had the number one album on Apple music 20 years after the album came out, baby. Cause that's how she is. That's how Aaliyah be doing it. Period. She's a hit maker since day one. 
It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Okay, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, leave it in. <laughs> no, when I tell you we'll that shit hits and the choreography just jumps out of my body. Like it was like as as if I was watching this shit on 106 in Park. Like I remember every fucking step and dance move. <laughs> okay, so um it has happened again. The our favorite our favorite red carpet night in Hollywood, but also not in Hollywood in New York, but with Hollywood, the Met Gala has happened in wow. Luckily for us, it has happened this year in the fall because we can talk about it. We missed the Met Gala last season. And honestly, you could tell in the content because it just, it just wasn't hitting or slapping like it needed to. But now we get to discuss the most star studded event in the red carpet season the 2021 Met Gala. Let me just go ahead and preface this by saying the entire Met Gala was a fucking snoozerama. So there's only so much we can do when <laughs> bitches just really don't respect <laughs> the institution of the Met. Um, but we're going to really give it a try. And we're going to tell you our favorite looks and our least favorite looks and just some honorable mentions. Um, Here's the thing. I think so, they hit the nail on the head by by making the mistake of calling it the biggest red carpet night in Hollywood because that might as well have been the theme because these people were showing up looking like they were at the Academy Awards. Really? Damn. Like, okay, so for those who don't know, the theme this year was in America, the lexicon of fashion. Um, if you have trouble understanding what that theme means, so do I. I can't really break it down for you, but that's the theme that we're working with. And I think that kind of played into the fact that the looks were just not hitting the way they needed to because bitches didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, anywho, the Met Gala historically is the place where we are showcasing wearable art in a way that we can't on any other red carpet. If you don't understand that, do not come to the Met Gala. I don't make the rules, but you need to stay your ass at home. Decline your invitation. Right. So many people this year just truly acted like this was another fucking day. Like they were walking a damn Kroger in their outfit. And I just really have an issue with it. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we had nothing but YouTubers and TikTokers at the fucking Met Gala. Why are there YouTubers and TikTokers at the Met Gala? That's really the downfall. That's her fucking job. Also, there's a lot of celebrities that had not been getting vaccinated. And that's a conversation for another time. And that was a requirement to go to the Met Gala. And I think that that's a big reason, too, is that there were a lot of open spots because a lot of these celebrities, <coughs> Nicki Minaj, are not are exposing themselves for not being vaccinated. And like, oh, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. My gosh. That's true. There were a couple of people I didn't see, like Mary Kate and Ashley, I know for a fact were absent because they didn't have the vaccine. There were a couple of people that didn't go that I'm like, mm, they could have been busy. Like, you know, SJP, she's filming, um, you know, the spinoff of Sex in the City. So I'm like, OK, I'm sure she's probably vaccinated, but she has shit going on. You know, Beyonce rumored to be in the studio making an album. OK, so maybe that's why she was absent. Mary Kate and Ashley, I know y'all don't have shit to do. But I know for a fact y'all are also not vaccinated. I don't know that for a fact, but I do know that for a fact. But I feel like they might have the excuse that, and this is going to be real mean, but that vaccine might kill them. (laughs) Shane, go ahead and log off. 
I mean, listen, am I wrong? Is there a... Okay, I, that's mean. Um, if you're Mary Kate Nashley, literally anything at this point could kill you. <laughs> An incorrect look. Also, Let I mean, a look strong at, gust at, of wind come by. Bitch, you about to be... We're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> And Elizabeth Olsen is skyrocketing to the front of the of the Olsens. Like Elizabeth Olsen slaps everything she does. Absolutely incredible. Could not agree more. Um, so all of that to say, a little that's a little bit of background on the Met Gala, if you were unaware. If you're also let me also preface this by saying, if you're a plebeian who does not understand fashion or art, do not watch the Met Gala red carpet coverage. Do not critique looks. Don't tell me how Kendall Jenner is the best dressed simply because you like her outfit. Bitch, tell me that you're a casual watching the Met Gala without telling me you're a casual. Tell me it's your first day because no, that's not how this shit works. Now that you know the rules, we can go ahead and break it down. So I guess we could start on a positive note and talk about the looks that we loved. And we just need to go ahead and right off the bat, talk about the queen herself, the Met Gala goddess who has been gracing the Met Gala red carpet since the 80s. So fucking 40 years now. And that is none other than Iman in Dolce and Gabbana. Wow. She ate that up and left us absolutely no crumbs. David Bowie is smiling down from heaven at that costume. Not costume. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Sorry. You know what? She, I watched a few people like walk by and I was like, okay, here come the early birds who like, don't give a fuck about like really caring about the Met Gala. And then she stepped onto the carpet and I audibly gasped i was like oh my gosh here we go this is the start of the night we're getting the looks that we we deserve and she's coming out serving in this gold gigantic outfit and it's just everything i did have to sit and ruminate for a second to understand kind of how this fits into the theme because the thing about Iman is she's not going to ignore a theme. She's going to go ahead and make sure she dresses to the theme and gives you something spectacular. And this, I gather, is a nod to Vegas showgirls. Like, it's giving very much, like, old school can-can. I'm loving the headpiece. It is a work of art. And what's more American, honestly, than, like, the, the concept of, like, this, like, Vegas showgirl? Like, it's timeless. Like, it represents American entertainment. Like extravagant big like and that just in general like that's what i'm looking for at the met gala like i want someone to walk into the met gala and have people literally forced to move out of their way because their their art is so big like oh what i also loved about that look and this stay with me for a second because this might be controversial to some. Um, It also reminded me of the brown paper bag test. And I know that that is very dark, but if she were in that costume back in the 1910s or whatever, she would not be in the show. So it was nice to see her in that huge Vegas showgirl, you know, the brown paper bag test quote unquote is no longer, but colorism has taken a front seat. It has evolved to that, but yeah, it, it was nice to have those layers. Cause that definitely is American history and American fashion. And I think the concept too, like on that note, I think that's a good point. Like it's challenging 
it, it's, it's challenging American fashion. It's going back to a time period and it's saying like, this may not have been something that I, that we would have been able to wear at this time period. Wouldn't have been able to go on stage in this. And now look at this shit. Look at what I'm doing. I'm here. I'm the main event. Everybody has their eyes on me. And I look fucking incredible. I could not agree more. And you know what? I would rather someone take a very strong risk at the Met Gala. And if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. Than someone who shows up like a fucking plain Jane and ruins everyone's time. And Iman, she knew what she had to do. She understood the assignment. And I guess someone must have tipped her off and said, bitch, you're about to carry the Met Gala looks on your back. And she said, okay, go ahead. Load me up because she came (laughs) fucking ready. (laughs) Right, exactly. She came ready. Okay, next on our best dress list is Lil Nas X in custom Versace designed by none other than Donatella herself. I mean... First of all, exactly. Shane, you go uh, first. You go first. uh, I just, like... It's incredible. Like, not only did he come in one extravagant piece, he came in three. Like, listen, we love a reveal... What do we love more than a reveal? A fucking double reveal. He took off that cloak and had that gold suit of armor that like he himself talked about being like the armor that he like kind of put on himself after coming out this year and like feeling stronger than he's ever felt before. And then to remove that and reveal this like just stunning bodysuit that just like, oh my God, like what a star. Like how fucking amazing. Like, so, um, I'm going to be, am I going to be the history buff today? Tying it back to the theme. Please. I feel like I'm the teacher checking to see if you've done your assignment. No, call me the principal. I'm, I'm auditing your class. Okay. So I think it was pretty genius because let's go back to that FX show, American crime story, the assassination of Gianni Versace. And I loved that it was taking me back to the nineties in a way and how influential Gianni Versace was to the fashion world and to gay people. So for him to be dressed by Donatella and seeing how glitzy and the patterns of Versace it's, it was just gorgeous. It was, it was genius. And being able to tie that in to one person I thought that that is how you do deductive reasoning. That's how you get to a Met Gala look. And him taking off the armor into this really, it looks soft, whatever the bodysuit was, and him being vulnerable. Wow. Fantastic. Great. Amazing. I'm going to chime in really quickly and say, I don't know how on theme this was. And not, I'm just going to go ahead and come out and say it. But... Just like I said previously, I would rather you take a risk and give me a look because then I might be able to get over the fact that, you know, it really wasn't on theme, but like you did something right. And that's kind of how I feel about this look is it's like if you give me a good enough look and it's a moment, then maybe I could look past the fact that like you didn't really strictly adhere to the theme. And like, I also appreciate this because what bothers me is when people don't adhere to the theme, but then try to explain it like away, i.e. Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner in this beaded bodice looking absolutely gorgeous. Is it on theme? No, it's not. Her entire camp is trying to tell me how she's inspired by Audrey Hepburn. And I'm still scratching my head trying to understand when, where, how, why. Like, I don't see it at all. I would rather you just say this is the inspiration for the look and leave it there. Like, don't try to take this look that was not on theme and try to fit it into the theme because it just 
doesn't work every time. I love every bit of this outfit. It's giving me a nod to the Met Gala queen herself, Lady Gaga, who wore that piece by Brandon Maxwell in 2019 camp, where she revealed all of these different layers of her outfit. And that is what I'm looking for. You need to create a moment like give the people what they want. And that is exactly what this is. And this final bodysuit, the way this is tailored and how it fits on his body is just (laughs) chef's kiss. It's amazing. Like his, his, he is so form fitted and so beautiful. Like every, every piece of that fucking like outfit, like in terms of tailoring is just stunning. And to go from like the big extravagant, like, gown like uh or cloak that like just fully took up so much space to then like the armor that's like a little bit bulkier still sexy but then to remove it and have like this skin tight like bodysuit and like it's so beautiful it's so queer it's so uh it's amazing it's so fun to see that too like just on the on the mecca stage and for everything that he is doing in the music industry and as an artist and just as a human being like I love every single thing about Lil Nas X. There's not a single criticism that I have for him at all, ever. I would just like to say really quickly that as a black man, that man's tape, AKA lineup is always fresh. And I appreciate him for that because that is so important. (laughs) And his line, his lineup, Ooh, it is crispy. And uh, I just love looking at him for that reason. And if it's not crispy, it's on purpose. Like he's always thinking about it. (laughs) And like, we don't talk about this, but glam on men, his glam looks amazing. The makeup is great. The skin looks beautiful. Like, yes. Normalize glam, a glam squad. Yes. The grill, all of it was just perfect. His grill is always so nuanced. I didn't know that could happen. It is. Okay. Last but not least on our best rest list, none other than Miss Level Up herself, Sierra. Now, this is a hot topic because there were a lot, there was a lot of debate on the internet around Sierra in this look. So for those of you who don't know, she's wearing a Dundas custom outfit that was inspired by her husband, Russell Wilson's Seattle Seahawks jersey. She's wearing his jersey number. It is the same color green. And I'm really not even joking. I'm living for this look. I think it's so genius for her to capitalize on American football the way that it has capitalized on her family. Perfect. You just did exactly what the Met Gala asked you to do. Um, Also, she's holding her clutch. The clutch is a little football. (laughs) It could be tied back to Tom Brady. Don't miss the detail. She's holding her football clutch because Seattle Seahawks and her husband, the football team, she's also wearing Russell Wilson's Super Bowl ring on her pointer finger. Like the details. I didn't even notice that. I didn't even see that. The details were there and I'm living for it. If this outfit, this is what I have to say. A lot of people had criticism for the silhouette, right? Because they're like, this is a really boring like silhouette. Agreed. But the outfit is so far out there that I think it makes up for the fact that it's a very sleek, normal VMA looking silhouette, right? She gave us elements that really kind of elevated this look. I also think that, so the shoulder pads, I think, I think it was very well done because it was minimalistic, but it was still high fashion and that's very hard to do. I think it was the one look 
that the entire American public could translate. And you know, we're dumb. So if you were able to do that, it's not French. It's not, you don't have to have on a lot of things. Like, I think she was one of the people that was able, you were, she was able to walk by and you were able to say, got, got it. I know what that one is. And that's, that's impressive. Like, while I do love a look that like does take some like, you know, deep diving and like, let's look at it. Let's evaluate it. Let's, I want to see what they said about it. There is something to be said about letting a look speak for itself. And that's exactly what Sierra did. She walked into the football Jersey, like, and she walked in in a way that like it's form fitted. It's glamorous. Like she looks stunning. Like I also, I have no problem with the silhouette. I think, I think it looks amazing. And that's I think, what athleisure should look like. Like yes. literally. And I think like in, in terms of like, as a contrast to like Iman having this just actual like physically very large uh look you've got sierra that's like it's not large in terms of like physical but like it it still takes up space like because you want to step back and look at that like you want to see that and you want to take it in and it's like she's shimmering and she's there's all the little details like i said i didn't even notice the the ring like, ugh, I just want to say she would never be able to do this with future. Like, wow. <laughs> she did level up. Thank God. She <laughs> yes, really, ma'am. honestly, she has taught me in her life that, you know what? Sometimes you go through hell because there's that right one right around the corner. I did wish that Russell was there, but I guess we're in the midst of the football season. So he's busy. But like, yeah. I love when they walk the red carpet together. They're such a beautiful couple. Like, yeah, they both just like honestly stop, make my heart stop. He's so fine. Like, woo. it was a little woo. football clutch for me that she was holding. You know how when <laughs> when quarterbacks hold a football, it looks so tiny in their hand. It was tiny. It wasn't like so. It was funny to see her holding it like that, like Tom Brady deflating footballs. You know, I know that's contentious, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, everyone, kind of give your honorable mention who's someone we didn't talk about but you feel like we need to go ahead and say something about them um i'll kick us off so my probably possibly my favorite of the night actually was mj rodriguez um mj rodriguez i did not even notice it the night of the met gala wasn't until the next day that i saw a picture of it because she didn't get a whole lot of coverage she looks absolutely stunning um she's wearing tom brown and she has this like it, it, the way it's it's designed is like the top part is this like white flowing like full sleeves and then it's like a black corset with like a like a sort of form fitted dress and like the corset in the back like the lace up the back like there's so much about it that I find really interesting. And in terms of like on brand, like at first I was like, you know, I'm not sure that I quite understand the theme behind it. Um, but my first thought with it was in terms of her being a trans woman, the top part of the outfit is giving me masculine. It's giving me like almost like Victorian man. The lower is giving me like Victorian woman, um, especially with the gown as well. And like, she specifically talks about like, images of her like creating it like part of her with like the black and white was to accentuate like the idea of like oil spills and like america's hold on like the oil industry and she wanted to be kind of like rising out of that um but overall the look as a whole she was like i just 
She said, I, I just felt like I wanted something edgy, but still reminiscent of what forward American fashion looks like. And that's something that I didn't think about with the Met Gala with a lot of these looks. It's like I was looking for in terms of the lexicon of American fashion, old school, like I want some throwbacks. I want I want things that I can look at and identify um, the past with, I never quite thought about what the future of American fashion looks like though. And I think MJ Rodriguez fucking nailed that. I think it's, I think she looks amazing. I agree. I love your interpretation of that and your explanation, because I feel like at first you don't really get all of the nuance, but I definitely see it. It was giving me founding fathers and I was living for it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, mine is 19-year-old model and activist Kwana Chasing Horse. Um, She is an indigenous model, and her family is from Alaska and the Dakotas. And she is wearing a gorgeous cutout, gold cutout dress from Peter Dundas, which Peter Dundas, good for him. He's really an up-and-coming designer, and he... He outfitted not one, but two people on my best dress list. So great for him. I love to see a new designer kind of breaking through the mold because we always get Gucci and we are always seeing Alexander McQueen and all of these designer, Moschino, all these designers that we are kind of used to being staples of the Met Gala. It's so great to see kind of a fresh new face. And what I love about this look is the dress itself is giving me a nod to Studio 54. It's gold. It has these gorgeous cutouts. It fits her body so perfectly. But the jewelry is really where I kind of feel like this look took off and became one of my favorites. So she's wearing Navajo jewelry that was flown to New York by one of her aunts. And it's literally ancestral jewelry that has been in their family for decades and decades. And she has this beautiful, these beautiful indigenous face tattoos that she had was actually they were given to her by her mother in a traditional ceremony. And the whole entire look, I feel like comes together in such a way that is fresh. It's current, but it's also rooted in history. And I just feel like this was the theme. It was masterfully done and she looks absolutely incredible. Yes. She looks like Cher. Like if Cher came to the Met Gala, if she had time, cause she's very busy, um, she would have probably stolen that look. It was absolutely gorgeous. Flowed in the right places. It looked, she looks like a ray of sunshine personified. And like as a contrast to like what we were saying with MJ Rodriguez and like the future of American fashion, like throwing it back, like with like the Navajo jewelry and like her own culture and like going back to literally the roots of America, like it's, it's stunning. Like it's such a good look. Sherry, who is your honorable mention? My honorable mention this might be my favorite look of the night. The more I think about it is Nikki to Jagger, AKA Nikki tutorials, who is an influencer on YouTube. Now who would have thought that an influencer would have made <laughs> as big of a splash as she did because she did it so well. If you don't know who Nikki tutorials is, um, I think I talked about this like a couple years ago, but Nikki tutorials been one of the first influencers that's been around for makeup. She did the power of makeup where like she did half of her face and shows it like without makeup and does like full glam on the other side. Well, last year, 
Nikki Tutorials was forced to out herself because someone was trying to blackmail her and Nikki Tutorials is a transgender woman. Nikki Tutorials is 6'3 and started transitioning when she was in high school, which is um, why she started YouTube because she was being bullied. So knowing all that, she came to the Met Gala as Marsha P. Johnson, which was, she looked beautiful, beautiful. Um, I think that she is one of the, she's Dutch. Um, She is one of the foreign I hesitate to say celebrity because she's not a celebrity. One of the foreign attendees that truly understood the assignment and truly understood American fashion. And what I love is that she also paid homage to Marsha P. Johnson. Um, After the Met Gala, she put flowers on the pier where Marsha was found and gave this whole tribute and said, Marsha, thank you so much because without you, I would not be at this Met Gala today. And um, I love that because for Nikki, I think Nikki tutorials was one of the first people in our generation that we accepted as a woman and asked no questions because we did not know that Nikki tutorials was transgender. And I think that's beautiful. It's palatable. We, she's been doing makeup for so long. We don't even misgender her. I have not seen that up until this point. I feel like everyone bucks back, but as far as we can go with Nikki tutorials being in the media, we are not, we are not in the wrong as far as we can go. Um, Nikki tutorials is, I think when she came out, she used the word vrouw, which is Dutch for woman. And um, that was her Dutch word of the day. If you watch her, you know, she has a Dutch word of the day. And I just, I just love that she was at the Met Gala because she, that's when influencers do something right. I agree. I think the Met Gala looks that do the best are they have this historical element that nods to the theme, but then there's also the fact that it actually is beautiful and she looks amazing. And I think those two things come together. Do we know who the designer was? Cause it's really gorgeous. Who outfitted her? Yes. It's actually a Dutch designer, Dutch couture house, Edwin Udshorn. I did not say that correctly. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all completely a foreign look, which I, I think is wow. Wow. A completely foreign look, giving us one of the most iconic and that's America, in American history and specifically <laughs> like maybe the most famous in like queer history. I mean, right. on this, on the anniversary, like, you know, we're going like 50 Stonewall. years of pride and Stonewall, like from 69, like all this, like as a, this like beautiful tribute to her, like she, she looks amazing. She nailed that theme. I love it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the three of our honorable mentions are all a nod to the people who live within the shadows of the margins. And I love yes. that. I think with five years ago, we wouldn't have had these conversations after the Met Gala. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. And honestly, that's what happens when you invite people who matter and who truly make up the makeup of just the United States in America is you actually get people who know how to fucking dress, bitch. I'm sorry. We don't have to look at Mary Kate and Ashley looking like dementors every single fucking year. This is something interesting and new and I'm here for it. Okay. So we can kind of fly into our worst dressed. Um, the list is really long. We're just going to go through three. Let me just go ahead and say the Beavers, y'all. 
I guess they were trying to do Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but no one cares. No one cares at all. I don't know. Giving me yawn, giving me nothing, giving me Academy Awards on a budget. Like, what the fuck? Like, and I'm so sick of Never them. invite I'm them so again. Them. What the fuck are you doing? That, to me, was such a slap in the face. You mean to tell me you couldn't even try with your look? You just pu- pulled something out of your closet and showed up to the Met Gala? No, ma'am. No, sir. That is not Wasn't allowed Wasn't Haley deadass wearing sunglasses? Get them the fuck out of there. Deadass. Like, yes. are you kidding I don't me? Know they what she fucking was trying to do. I don't know what she was it's trying a, to do, but insulting. it was a fucking snooze. It was insulting. It really was. Um, okay, next on my list is Cara Delevingne in her Peg the Patriarchy. Now, you're going to have to explain that because what the fuck was going on? I saw like a harness situation. Sorry, Shane. Um, it was like, it was weird. She also looked like an umpire from baseball with like a pantsuit. And it said Peg the Patriarchy on the umpire thing. So you're going to have to break it down. I will say at first, because, you know, we, we had discussed this a little bit before. And I initially, upon seeing this look, I liked it. It was giving me something. I like a message, like literally just like on an outfit. However, upon like going down a rabbit hole of of why this look was inappropriate and why it was kind of offensive, um, I've kind of completely shifted my mindset on the look that like I actually do agree with the majority of um, people who said like this is it's a little bit insulting and it's a little bit uh, in bad taste to associate this idea of like pegging the patriarchy for the sake of alliteration in terms of like I saw a tweet where somebody was like pegging is not meant to be like it's a pleasurable like act for people. It's not meant to be like a punishment for rich cisgendered white men. And the, there was this really good article that I read too, that was also like countering it, talking about how the, um, the literal like opposite of this terminology in terms of like pegging would be the trigger warning would be the R word. Um, and, it investigates like how, you know, basically it's the similar act, same act, except one of them is consensual. One of them is not. And so there's a lot of like lack of taste with it in terms of like how it was put together. And that also just leads to like, it's just not thought through. Like it, nobody during the process of creating it thought, you know what, maybe this isn't the message that we want to do. Maybe there's another side of this that is a problem. And it's kind of problematic. And that's where I have a problem with it overall is that like, it's just very clearly not thought through. I agree. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, I understand what they were trying to do, but like, it was just a giant question mark in my mind. Like I'm trying to understand, like, are we saying that we want to do something bad to the patriarchy? Are we saying we're trying to have a fun Friday night rendezvous with the patriarchy? Like, I'm just not getting like what the message was supposed to be. Um, and it's giving me very much someone who's really trying hard to make a statement, but like, doesn't really understand what they're saying is like, what I got like yes you put some words on this vest but they don't mean sense they don't make sense together I mean I liked the look overall I did I just felt like the message just didn't make a lot of sense and it's Dior just so everyone knows like I'm usually a huge fan of Dior Um, Cara Delevingne is one of their ambassadors so she's constantly in Dior and she is usually one of the Met Gala like hopefuls everyone's always looking to her to see what she'll wear i liked the fit i liked the outfit i just felt like the messaging was a little try hard and did not make a lot of sense 
Cara Delevingne also missed the mark in 2019 for camp by not being one giant eyebrow. Um, Next <laughs> up. <laughs> oh my God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, right? I'm not going to lie. Listen, I love those eyebrows. They're amazing. She should have been one. Um, <laughs> Amanda, I'm going to let you introduce the next one because uh, our, our next and, and last, last and definitely least, um, Amanda. Now, the problem I have with this is you can tell this person really thought they were doing something. They were like, every year they drag me because they say that I don't take risks. I don't try. I'm really about to pop out and everyone's going to be talking about this. Well, it's really funny to me because no one has talked about it at all. But we are about to because what the hell? (laughs) It just really tickles me the way that this person is just like begging for people's attention constantly. And that is none other than the clown herself, Kim Kardashian. What in the fuck? <laughs> what an she is wearing just so everybody is aware. Just so everybody is aware. This girl is in a fucking black t-shirt. A form-fitted black t-shirt no, that's black covering her face. T-shirt. No, that's how she described it. She said, what is more American than a black t-shirt? Bitch, if you don't get the fuck on, if you don't get the fuck oh on, God. come on, come on. Has everybody seen Harry Potter? If you've seen Harry Potter, you've seen a Dementor, you've seen Kim Kardashian. Um, and it's like one of my favorite tweets uh, about this said, it was a picture of her and it said, whenever you got the med at seven, but an Azkaban shift at nine. Like, come on now. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Amanda, didn't you say before the show you were like, this bitch better not be coming to the Met Gala as Don does cover. Oh, better not. My better God. not. Because I really think pissed. that's what this is. I really think it is what it is. And it's just stupid as hell. Stop doing shit for clout. Stop pretending you're getting divorced from him. Stop getting married at his fucking listening party. Stop wearing his album cover to the fucking Met Gala. You guys do too much, and I need you to stop. Just exist for a second. Like I honestly fully expected her to show up in that wedding dress again at the Met Gala. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of surprised <laughs> that she didn't. Honestly. Honestly. Trash. But, but everybody keeps like just going for it. Like everybody like shits themselves over Kim Kardashian every single year because she's Kim Kardashian and she doesn't do anything. She is a snooze. She's boring. Like... You can't, I didn't even know it was her when she first walked in. I was like, who the fuck? And they said, Kim Kardashian. I said, you got to be kidding me. But you know what? Like you said, she did at least attempt to do something besides wear a nude bodysuit. I guess I, that's about I all would I can rather say about this, it. I would rather this than any other look she's worn to the Gala because honestly, at least yeah. she put on an outfit now it was a miss and she really thought she was doing something you could tell but it's okay girl baby steps at least you're taking steps in the right direction okay we're gonna take a quick break and in a second we'll be back with our next segment (laughs) 
And we're back with one of our favorite segments, Reality TV. Um, There is actually quite a bit to talk about in the reality TV sphere, but we are just going to go ahead and give y'all the highlights. So if you have not heard this, the news of this show has really rocked the world this past week, because honestly, what is going on? If you have not heard of the new reality TV show set to come out on CBS called The Activist... Well, we are here to bring you the tea. Basically, CBS had this concept where basically six activists from around the world bring their pitches for how they want to bring meaningful change to one of three causes. So it'll either be health, education, or environment. They have to complete missions, which are like digital campaigns, media stunts, social media shit, and basically whoever wins the competition wins a lot of money towards their cause. I cannot think of many things that are more distasteful than the concept of this TV show. The three hosts themselves are Usher, Priyanka Chopra, and Julianne Huff. I, all of it doesn't make sense. All of it is a huge fucking question mark. And for obvious reasons, it's extremely distasteful. So y'all go ahead and sound off on that. It's just the, the idea of it is, is, I mean, honestly, very American. I mean, it's this idea of like, we're going to take something like we're going to take activism and humanitarianism and turn it into a business. And we're going to turn it into like, we're going to treat people like fucking entrepreneurs. Like what? It's so it's capitalism. Basically like that, that's okay. we're, we're turning humanitarianism into capitalism, which is just really out of taste. Like I, I hate this. The biggest question mark for me is how the hell did they choose these hosts? <laughs> what has Usher, Priyanka Chopra or Julianne Huff done for activism ever? In fact, I don't know if you guys remember Julianne Huff famously wore blackface for Halloween when she was crazy eyes from Orange is the New Black. And now we put her on this show for activism. That is really, really, really bizarre to me. I haven't been this confused about a panel selection since they picked Jamila Jamil to do Legendary on HBO Max. Oh. <laughs> I'm surprised what? she's not on this lineup. I'm not going to lie. When I, I first honestly, heard of it, I, I was like... Me, me too. In my <laughs> this mind, is Jamila, Jamila Jamil, Jamil is was right one of the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh all gosh. of it is bad. I think what is upsetting me is obviously activism has never been more prominent. I feel like in recent history than it is right now, everybody has a cause that they care about that they're rallying behind, whether it be on social media or rallies in the streets. And I really feel like we are in a turning point in American history where similarly to the counterculture movement of like the late sixties and early seventies, as citizens, we feel like we can take our lives and rights into our own hands. And I feel like this show is capitalizing on people's misfortune. That stuff doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of the fact that people's rights are literally at liberty of being taken away. Black people are legitimately being killed in the streets. Women are legitimately getting their wombs like ripped from their bodies and by politicians. And these are real issues. It's not kind of like, it would be nice if this went away. It's like, no, people's lives are depending on this. And it's just very bizarre that we would feel comfortable enough to make money off of people's misfortune. 
Well, and going back to, I mean, the the political climate of the last year with activism alone, like it's it's going into this and like there, I'm, I'm reading right here, like this Hong Kong journalist, Yuan Chan, like said, um, quote, as activists are jailed, maimed and killed around the world, this is grotesque. And like that pretty much sums up this show, like people with in, in this country alone with activism in terms, in terms of protest and police brutality. And like, it, it's just it read the fucking room. Like it, it's such an insult to these like actual like organizations that are nonprofit that are doing great work and are, and are literally putting their lives and careers on the line to help people and to create organizations that help people. And we're going to have the shark tank version of activism. Like this is, I I'm baffled by this. And like you said, the most important, not the most important, the most active activists are in jail. So who are you guys selecting to find? It's almost like a whitewashing of the actual um, cause. Yeah, I would love to talk to the leader of Black Lives Matter, but she is in jail. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else we can say about this other than I hope that it's canceled. Like, this is just truly (laughs) heinous. And CBS is notoriously a controversial, like, television network, honestly. They are notoriously racist when it comes to Big Brother. And, you know... They also were the house of the apprentice. Like it's a lot of shit. A lot of shit is happening right now. It's just, I hope this is canceled and does not move forward. I also real quick, I just want to say there's something to be said too, about the fact that like, if you look throughout social media and, um, sensationalizing, uh, activism, like the most popular, like, I, what I'm thinking of right now, you remember like Coney 2012? It was like the, that massive fucking thing that everybody was losing their minds over. Those things fizzle out. They don't like that is not activism. Sharing something on social media is not activism. And that's all this show is doing is it's giving power to these activists, quote unquote, that like I can't wait to see who they are, that like are probably just like Instagram celebrities that think they're making change. And it's like, you're not fucking doing anything. You're, you're creating campaigns that are going to fizzle out and it's going to be the source. And like, it's going to be featured on the news one day as being a scam. Like that's what this is giving me. It's not giving me any kind of change. It's not giving me any kind of help in the world. It's giving me Coney 2012. Coney 2012 would have done really well on this show. I agree. I could not agree more. Um, okay. And a more lighthearted note, uh, real housewives of Salt Lake city started and we also have real housewives of beverly hills which is still in the midst of a fraudulent shitstorm. there is so much happening in the real housewives franchise and i have to say i am so thankful every single day for bravo for putting these fucking people on tv because holy shit especially when they're being indicted seemingly for being on the show i feel like the feds wouldn't have any evidence without it which is quite amazing also, um, Sutton, I see what you're saying, girl. I see what you're saying. Erica Jane is not painting herself in the best light right now. And I want her to start, please. Because <laughs> I really like her. But I, based on what I'm seeing, I don't know if I can continue. 
Um, Garcelle and Sutton are officially the bone collectors. These bitches are, they will not let Erica get away with fucking anything. And I'm here for it. I'm so over the housewives that are placating the ones that are under fire. Like Kyle, this is two seasons now that Kyle is no longer my favorite. And she really needs to redirect her course because I love Kyle. And I just don't like being in a position where I, she, I don't, I'm not enjoying her. Like she is definitely the type to play both sides of the fence. And you see that so often in this season going back from an outside perspective because i'm trying to catch up on real housewives everybody who listens to this knows that i'm not like as adamant as you guys are on it um but in watching that the last couple of seasons of beverly hills like kyle's never been my favorite so it's interesting to hear people talk about like how much they loved kyle um prior to like the last couple of years because she's pissing me off constantly like she yeah it, it's she, like you said she's always she's always like playing both sides of things i don't know where she stands on any situation i don't know who she's friends with or who she's not like there's always some shit happening she's always crying like it it emotional fraud and you know what like i really fuck? emotion fraud and i don't appreciate the way that she be coming for my girl garcelle leave garcelle alone she's constantly coming for garcelle and acting like garcelle is doing something to her and honestly it's giving me microaggressions and i'm not here for it like she's not doing anything to you girl just because she's being direct and saying things to your face does not mean that she's being mean to you or attacking you stop crying I do think the only reason we liked Kyle as much as we did is because there was no one black on the show till now. Period. Like watch watching her interact with quote unquote diverse people is alarming. And I don't please. I don't want you to harm any more black people in your wake, (laughs) please. Like this is too much. Truly. I can't wait for the reunion because Andy just, they just filmed the reunion this past week. And Andy said in an interview that Erica talks about all of it. And she's currently only friends with Lisa Renna. She's not friends with Dorit. She's not friends with Kyle. So something must have happened. And I can't wait to see this fucking showdown. That is the fucking reunion. It's going to be truly out of control. And I am going to love every second of it. Now, there's only been one episode of this show out so far, but what a season opener to a fucking Housewives franchise. And that is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. If you have not watched the first episode, the first three minutes alone, my jaw was on the fucking ground. You literally see the moment where Jen Shaw gets fucking arrested. It is absolutely bananas. And I cannot believe we are watching it on TV. Um, I don't know if there was a city more suited for housewives than Salt Lake City. They hold nothing back. This is amazing. More than that, if you watched Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen after, they had Heather Gay on the show. Andy asked her, said, did you know that Jen Shaw was basically fraudulent? And she said, I knew her business was unsavory. Me, skirt. What does that mean? And Andy followed up and said, so you knew it was illegal? And Heather Gay said, no, I did not know it was illegal. If I knew that, I would have told her to not do it. But I knew something was going on and it wasn't someone I wanted to be in business with. 
holy shit, this is the hot take that I want. She doesn't wait to the reunion. She gives it to me on the after show. Wow. You guys don't hold back because you don't have fame holding you back. You're rich enough. You really don't care. You are high ranking members in the Mormon church or used to be and still don't give a fuck. Like I, wow. I want Salt Lake City to last as long as Beverly Hills in Atlanta, because you guys are giving me everything. You're giving me diversity from the beginning. So we're dealing with all that off jump. Wow. Oh my God. <sighs> Jen Shaw, you're going to jail. What gets me about housewives is even the ones that are in legal disputes is it's like now all of your assets are frozen and tied up. So they can't not be on the show. They need money. So it's like this really sick, sadistic relationship that Housewives fosters where it's like, we have no choice to watch this entire shit unfold because otherwise they'll be homeless. They have no fucking money. And I love Bravo for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's sadistic for them. Well, for us too. Yeah. I mean, it's really, you know what it is? It's watching rich people be middle class again. I love watching that. I love watching you be really rich. And I also love watching you fall from grace. Because sometimes when you're on your high horse and you're jumping up there, sometimes you got to tumble because you had too much confidence. I'm rich. Eric Jane said, it's expensive to be me, but now it's kind of mid-class because you have a Range Rover like everyone else. I have to say, I I appreciate the way they are setting up my husband, King, Coach Shaw, to not be implicated in the mess. Because in the first episode, they said that Jen and Coach Shaw were on the rocks in their marriage and that he had asked her for a divorce. So they're really setting us up to say he's innocent. Don't even try to tap on him. And I appreciate that because I truly believe that Coach Shaw is an innocent man. I love him. He's so earnest and kind and he just does not seem like he's around enough to knew what the shit was about. I think he knew, like Heather said, that there was some shit going on, but I don't think he knew what the details were. I agree with that. And I've never seen a franchise set up the spouse that way. So I was confused because I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I can't wait to see the way the rest of this season plays out because it's truly going to be insane. They set up the fact that Mary is being accused of being a cult leader. Can't wait for that. It is truly bananas. And I will be there for every single episode this season. All right. Well, that is our episode today. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, And as always, if you have something that you want us to discuss on the podcast, please write in to us on social media. You know, we love to give our opinions, even if it's unwarranted, um, but especially if it is. And please write in because right now pop culture is, is cold. It is cold right now. The tea is iced, baby. <laughs> yeah, it, we're having ice tea brew. this fall. I love a cold brew. Don't do it. I love a cold brew. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody, after you finish listening to this, hop off, listen to Montero, give that album some streams. Yes, I'll be listening to it nonstop. All right, with that, I'll count us out. Three, two, one. We, we out. out. Uh, did we do it? Was it good?